0: Welcome to Energy in Action. I'm your host, Marcy Young, and as a Mito patient myself, I appreciate you and the community you've helped us to build. This podcast honors the triumphs and struggles of patients and families affected by this disease and celebrates the work being done by doctors and researchers every day to make it a safer world for our people. We are a support group and a podcast focusing on all things related to mitochondrial disease. We are so lucky to have Becky Sansbury on Energy in Action today. She is the author of After the Shock and an international speaker on the topics of resilience and crisis recovery. She is unbelievably nurturing and sweet, and she has provided so much support for the rare disease community. I would trust pretty much any advice she would give me, so I'm excited for her to share all of her advice with you. So welcome, Becky.
1: Thank you, Marcy. I have to admit, I really chuckled when you qualified how much advice might be helpful or trustworthy. I think that's a great realistic (laughs) way to look at anything that we suggest to someone else. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here for Energy and Action. And to realize that uh, this is an amazing community. I had the privilege of meeting some of you in person at your conference this, uh, earlier this year. And for others of you, I've seen your name in social media around everything that's being posted. And the rest, I just know that you're fantastic people because you are dealing with something in yourself or within a beloved family member that is ongoing and is something that we can talk about today as far as it relates to your energy and action and self-care for you.
0: I think before we get into the topic of self-care, I would really like to hear what, what brought you to this phase of your career and of your life. What, what brought you to this place? Marcy, the first thing I can say
1: of what brought me to this place was decades and decades ago when I was literally brought to my knees by a crisis situation uh, in, within my immediate family. And working with that, with myself, with young children, with other family members, made me realize immediately how ill-equipped I was to even look at resilience, much less taking care of myself. Fortunately, there were wise guides along the way who helped in a wide variety of ways and taught me that help can be available and that help within myself can be available. But it was not something that in my previously simple lifestyle uh, and still in my early 30s, I really had any awareness of. So that circled around into some career changes that ended up uh, with me serving as a role of a hospice chaplain. And in that work, what I realized is that quality of life can mean so many different things that it's not limited by time frame. And that it is focused not only the person who might be ill or in the bullseye of crisis, but it's also a way to care for ourselves as we are caring for others. Some of it has time limitations, but then I realized that there were principles that I learned from caregivers within the hospice community, both those who wore professional titles and those who were the family caregivers, that could be translated into any part of life. And today, as we're thinking about conditions that uh, can be chronic in nature, uh, as well as crisis-ridden in nature, it seems like those principles could carry over. So they affected my own life, and then I saw over many years how they were affective or affected by the way uh, these principles have been used and these ideas and suggestions, and it's a growing
0: pool. Trust me, I'm still learning. I feel like these concepts can be revisited at any time for any of us, and we can continue to benefit from the focus on it.
1: I certainly hope so, because I'm relying on these principles,
0: and I don't want to be stuck with information that doesn't work. (laughs) Right. So, What happens to our minds, to our bodies when we don't practice self-care?
1: I am the daughter of a dad who was both personally and professionally focused on automobiles. He sold them, he serviced them, he dealt with tires, he even got out to the gas pump and pumped them up. But what I realized out of that is that how people took care of their cars often was reflected in how long those cars took care of them.
0: That's a really creative way to look at things. (laughs) Thank you.
1: When I spent more time around folks dealing with the illness of themselves or others versus the car that wasn't going to start or get them safely where they needed to go, I, I realized that there was a definite parallel. We often put much more attention, money, time, into caring for vehicles that we know we've got to to use, uh, both for for business, for pleasure, for uh, care of loved ones, for just daily life. But we so seldom translate that thought into ourselves. So what kind of fuel, uh, whether it's physically or mentally, spiritually, emotionally, am I filling myself with? Uh, How often do I get those, quote, tires that get me down the road? We're going to talk today about, I hope, those four C's of stability that I use the illustration. They're like the tires on your car. And how do you keep them pumped up? Within that, it's also stepping back to let the vehicle, be it ourselves or an automobile, rest. We seldom drive uh, a car 24 hours a day, 365 days a year non-stop but there are ways in which we expect ourselves to do almost that equivalent when we elude rest then our bodies our minds our decision making abilities our emotions just get as fried out as you can imagine a car would be if it went absolutely non-stop so what we're looking at is a decreased health We're looking at decreased effectiveness. We are looking at relationships that can unintentionally get damaged. We are looking at things that are both within ourselves and around ourselves as individuals, as patients, as caregivers. One of the things I realized in spending some time with the Mito community is that so often an individual who is a caregiver is also a patient. And as, as a result of that, particularly if it's uh, being in a parental role, the logical thing is to take care of your child first, even if at times your child may not be uh, as ill as you are at the moment. But realizing whether we have a diagnosed condition or not, when we don't provide that care for self, then we are running the risk of, in every way possible, depleting our store of energy, of vitality, of even coping ability with the false thought that if I take care of the other person completely, I'll be okay. And that doesn't work. So I think the big thing is a takeaway is to remember that taking care of yourself is one of the most unselfish things that you can do for yourself, for your family, for anyone who may be depending on you, and simply for the people who like you a whole lot and they're worried about you.
0: I think that's a really easy to remember, to keep in your mind type of analogy. If you can just remember the car analogy that Becky taught us, hopefully you can keep in mind why it's important to practice self-care and the detrimental effects on your body and your mind if you don't practice it thinking about self care kind of reminds me of what I've read in your book in the section that focuses on taking control of your life i I personally believe that self care is a piece of that it's it's if you can master self care and and bringing that more into your life, I think that that really would help take give you more control of your life and you talk a lot about that in your book
1: that's true it seems to me, that that's one of the areas when we think about coping, we get um, a false negative about the value of control because it's, let's face it, it's gotten a bad name. You're a control freak or you want to control everything or the myth that we really can control everything. We can't, but we don't have a healthy understanding of where control fits in uh, a good routine For self-care or for care of others. And that's part of what I do feel is important to address. I'm so glad that you have felt a focus on that too.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's really something that we need to all keep in mind more so than maybe some other people out there. I think that there's also probably some listeners today who are thinking to themselves this isn't in my wheelhouse my my care is too involved care for my child is too involved i i don't have the time or the energy to put forth you know for something like this but self-care reminds me of what i've read in your book about taking control of your life and how if you're not practicing self-care i don't know how you'd really be able to take control of your life so do you feel like the idea of self-care kind of fits into that and that if you're able to make manage your self-care that that is a piece of taking care of your life, taking control of your life?
1: Marcy, first of all, they are totally integrated. And I think the concept of control can be, if not totally, quite a bit uh, confused or reconfigured to way sometimes general society sees control or the business world or the latest self-help column. But what it means in the life of let's bring it right down to a mito patient or the caregiver for a mito patient would really look a bit different because we're dealing with both chronic things that affect your sense of life control And obviously, those uh, explosive crisis things that come up and just blow any sense of control or taking care of life well just to pieces. So what we need to do is get a healthier look on what this control means. Obviously, it doesn't mean controlling everything. During the pandemic, when so many people were having to take their work uh, onto a screen, rather than just on a phone call or maybe just a small group meeting, etc., suddenly their head and their face was blasted onto somebody's screen, and COVID hair became a real concern. It might seem trivial, but suddenly people were saying, if I can just make my hair look right on screen, then I can handle everything else. If we translate that into parts of daily life where we feel overwhelmed, and like suddenly, whether it's accurate or not, everything's out of control. Finding those little slivers of life that for that moment we can take on and with good possibility we can accomplish. So instead of a whole pie or even a slice of life's pie, if we can narrow it down to a sliver, for example, I can't handle everything that may be on my list today, but if I can take care of paying a bill, if I can take care of, uh, if if you needed to be doing some cleaning, not the whole house, uh, can I clean a bedroom or a bathroom? Or even there, can I just clean the sink? Uh, Bring it down to something that's manageable that you can potentially accomplish or enlist someone else to accomplish for you. It gets checked off the list doing that helps to build our confidence that we can take on something else. And each sliver of something else adds to the next. And suddenly, we may have actually been able to handle for that day or that week or whatever period of time, that small slice of life that we want to have in good shape for ourselves or someone else.
0: So, I want to make sure that everyone understands that Becky really sees the people in this community and knows that, you know, self-care for someone in the Mito community doesn't necessarily look the same for someone in another type of community, but she really focuses on a recipe for self-care, an individualized plan for just you. So I want to give her some time to really talk about that and for her to go in depth on what she means by creating a recipe for you.
1: One of the things if we realize, if we take a look at a car, is that there are very specific things in the car that help us. But without the wheels and tires, we're just not going to get down the road, at least until they have a hovercraft for us. But nevertheless, those four wheels are really what get us down the road, and that's what we're looking at when we are talking about care for self, care for others. One of the things that I found really helps is to get very specific. So today, we're going to look at how these four wheels, or because the words all begin with a C, the the four C's of stability, help us get specific. The first of those wheels is the wheel of comfort. The second one is control. The third is community. And the fourth is connection to something or some things that are bigger than I am, but I'm a part of. One of the ways that we can help not feel so overwhelmed is to be aware of when and how any of these areas or tires may need a bit of pumping up. They may need some attention given to them and some more air put into them, you might say. When we think about comfort, some of those things are simple and logical, almost like what do you want to put on when you first get home and nobody cares what you look like. So whether it's a, an old sweatshirt or your comfy slippers or your, your lucky hat, it doesn't matter. It's what makes you feel good. And comfort is often tied to our physical senses, so that's one of the ways that mito and mitochondrial conditions can be so upsetting for some folks. Because it impacts perhaps what they have enjoyed tasting or eating previously, it may enjoy the com- affect the comfort that they have socially. If you're in situations where it's awkward. When it comes uh, around to who's going to be eating what and where you get that and who's deciding a menu, all those kinds of things. Um, and I think of that particularly with kids and teenagers uh, for whom, when there's eating stuff going on, that's often so cl- tied to social and it's hard for them uh, sometimes to be able to deal with it inside themselves, much less explain to other folks their age uh, why they can't eat the same stuff or why that makes them sick. When we look at comfort also, it's important to remember that that is affected by all the other components of these four tires. They really roll together. You mentioned earlier, Marcy, that the second tire of control is one that really struck you. When that one starts to go flat, it feels like, or, or we hit a nail and the whole thing explodes, then we realize how much that affects everything else uh, in our vehicle of life. The problem is that so often we see control as an all or nothing thing. And we uh, assume that we are either in total control of either life overall which is a myth, or the light, our life for that day or that week or even that hour. And sometimes, depending on what's going on, that might be a myth too, because we expect so much of ourselves in light of control. Let me bring in a, a second metaphor. Maybe we're carrying it in the car. But as we look at that pie of life, we assume that if we can't handle the whole pie, we should at least be able to make sure that most of the pieces are taken care of okay or the slices. But what we've got to step back and realize is that whether we're dealing with an acute crisis or a chronic one, as any disease uh, such as the mitochondrial diseases affect within people, then we've got to look at what are the slivers Of control I might have in this situation or this minute or this day, whatever the period of time and the situation requires. For example, it might be the kind of day where you've got a totally overwhelming list of things that must be done or hard conversations to have or actions you've got to take that you just don't like to do or don't feel up to doing. How do you handle that? Well, I don't have any immediate answers, but let's step into this recipe concept where most people want to be able to have some kind of control or agency over their lives. Let's break it down, 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 and perhaps one of those slivers that you can have in your day might be that you can take care of getting a bill paid. It might be that you go ahead and make a phone call, whether it's about setting an appointment or following up to a conversation that maybe you hadn't really wanted to do, but you can do. It might be uh, the sliver of control where you're concerned because your, your bathroom isn't clean enough and you don't feel like cleaning the whole house. You don't even feel like cleaning the whole bathroom, but you might be able to clean the sink. The other way you can take a look at breaking this down into slivers of control is to think about who might be able to do that in your place. Because one of the things about control, there's a total irony is that sometimes the more of it we're called upon to, to exert, uh, the more we feel like we have to do all of it and more and more and more it's, it's sort of like those mushrooms that grow in the closet at night that I'm told. But when we can step back and realize that what we're looking at is really a checklist of life things to be attended to, then whether we do it in person or whether we have someone else to do it, whether it's we hire someone to do it, whether we think of someone who could either do it alongside us or in place of us, the final result is at the end of the day, that item on your list gets checked off. It doesn't have to have your initials beside it. You still get credit for getting that thing done, that thing taken care of. And as we collect and collect and collect those little slivers of action or control, and we talk about energy and action, this is an example of it. Whether it's taking care of something for yourself, your health and well-being, your household Uh, something that's business or financially related, something regarding those same types of things for your child or for whomever you're caring. Those are all those control pieces. And as you can bite off one little sliver and another and another, it doesn't take too terribly long to realize you've now actually taken care of a whole slice, maybe a little slice, but a visible slice. One of the ways, just like uh, in old times, we had recipe cards, or now there's great recipes online, you've got a bullet point or a list of actions that go into a recipe. They're the ingredient part of the actions. They're the putting them together. They're the what you do after that, whether it has to be baked or fried or grilled or frozen or whatever it is. But it's a list of ingredients and actions. Believe it or not, Having your own kinds of lists, whether you do it with a pen and something that's paper related, whether you do it on an electronic device, but something that you can see and you can mark that that's done or it's in process or I did this part of it, break it down into smaller, smaller slivers to maybe I didn't get the whole thing resolved, but I did steps one and two and i can see that steps 3 and 4 are the next sliver to be taken care of doing those kinds of actions which might seem overwork or it's going to create more work for you actually creates more energy for you their confidence building and confidence then builds energy within us. And so seeing those things marked and knowing that they're taken care of as well as feeling the good result of that actually builds emotional, physical, whatever type of energy uh, can be generated from that. Also the relief from the worrying about it not being done or feeling guilty that it's not done. Those are energy zappers. And the more we can eliminate or decrease them by these very seemingly mundane points of action, ironically, help to zap the energy zappers. (laughs) And they provide for us that extra boost of confidence and, frankly, of feeling good about ourselves. Just remember that you don't have to do all of that yourself. Now, what that brings us around to on our car is another tire. That's the tire of community. And if your mind is jumping ahead, it should, because this is where we can, as I mentioned earlier, we can tie into our community for things and areas in which we don't feel that we've got enough control to feel good about things. Or frankly, we just want a boost in that. We want to make sure a little bit more gets done. Nevertheless, community is such an important part of getting us down the road of life. Because what we realize is that we are innately built for community. Now, hear me out. You may be an introvert and being around people very much is exhausting for you. It's not pleasant for you. Or right now, it feels like just a, a huge overload. I get that. But community doesn't have to be limited to some of our traditional thoughts of community, where it's uh, more of a, a consuming type of thing. What is a community, you might ask? Well, we tend to think, obviously, in, in very logical terms, of it might be our community of family. For some people, it's a community of faith. It may literally be your neighborhood or your town or your part of a larger city, but I would encourage us now to to go into a next layer of thinking and realizing that our community can also include uh, those areas in which we have interests or conversations with people that may not be some organized thing like a geographic location or an identified family group or a organization of any type. So, where I encourage you to take a look at things is that sometimes you are going to have your community, that's your 4 a.m. community, and then sometimes you'll have your 4 p.m. community. So, what on earth do I mean by that? Your 4 a.m. community may be a community of one or maybe a few people. Those folks that if you needed to pick up the phone and blast them out of sleep at four o'clock in the morning, whether just to hear you out, whether to provide some actual support, whether to uplift you with thoughts or prayers or whatever might be needed within your spirit, those folks that it doesn't matter what time it is, you can reach out to them and they will do the best they can to be responsive to you. And if you don't have a 4 a.m. friend, think about who in your circle might be one. That doesn't mean we should discount our 4 p.m. friends. So a 4 p.m. friend is someone who could be available to you as you as you think about equivalently at the, at the sort of the close of the business day when most of the work is getting done and there might be time for a call or to read a text or to research something for you or to swing by on the way home from work and pick up something at the store for you. And they're glad to do it. And they're part of your circle of, of conversation periodically they're not every day. They don't know everything about everything in your life, but they're friends. They are trusted colleagues. They're more than just casual acquaintances. And these folks, for you and for them, that's a great relationship because not everything has to be a 4 a.m. friend. Remember that those connections you have that are 4 p.m., whether they are for practical reasons, for emotional reasons, for helping you medically reasons, whatever they may be, that's an important group of your community, within your community. And they may be organized into they're all in the same organization or faith community or civic group, and that's fine. But they may just be separate individuals in your life. But just remember back to the checklist when we were talking about control, That as long as that item gets checked off or marked or in process, you know, that it's it's not just stalled there and causing you churn because it's not getting done. At the end of the day, there's no initials that go by checked off or in process because the important thing is whether you or someone in your community is working on that. It still counts on your personal control checklist. There are sites such as CaringBridge, which you may already be a part of, but if you're not, it's caringbridge.org. And within that organization, you, you set up basically a point person who's a contact person and sends out to a private group, invitation only group. You know, here's the updates or long term, here's what Sue needs, uh, maybe in a week or two. Anybody have access to that? and you have only one person to update, they take care of sending out messages. People can put in messages of support to you, even if they don't have the item. And when you have time and you have energy, here's how it goes onto your recipe card for um, support, uh, comfort, uh, all of this, but specifically a different type of community that says, hey, I, I don't have this or this, but I want you to know, um, you know, I haven't forgotten about you. Or could we feel free to call me next Tuesday when it's convenient for you? The specific things of support for you. It's all a part of that recipe for community. Suddenly, within your recipe, you've got another ingredient. Well, we are finally ready for that fourth wheel on the car. That one that sometimes seems a bit more elusive. Connection to something bigger than myself, to those things that give life meaning for me or that help me to feel a part of different things in my world that I'm not ultimately responsible for. I don't make them happen, and they can even exist without me if need be. Of course, everything's better off with me. But as we look at our recipe card, this is one that often, it just doesn't get a lot of attention. I will suggest that as we are taking care of ourselves, these are some of the most important things that may not require a lot of action or even a lot of time, but they are very important. Think about the things that are just make you tick. For some people, it is uh, the way they express their faith or their spirituality, whether in a formalized practice or in meditation or likewise, the way that that part of themselves is just nurtured or strengthened or calmed by being out in nature, by listening to music, by seeing art, by being around those things that promote a healthy psyche. We have those things that energize us. As we're looking at energy and action, we may be connected to something related to sports. Whether we are playing it, we are following a team, we uh, follow the career of a player or a coach, and we don't affect the win or lose or how it all goes, but we feel like we're a part of it without having to be responsible for it. The same may be true with things related to uh, mitochondrial conditions. So you may be part of, through whether it's through Mito action or through some other group, support group, whether you are giving or receiving, both can be energizing as long as the giving doesn't go too far beyond your capacity. But when we uh, when we are part of something bigger than ourselves, if we have a little time or energy to be an active participant, that can be energizing. You just have to be a little careful of your time and energy boundaries with that. But nevertheless, it could be a cause that being a part of that just makes us feel better. So if there are things that help you to feel more grounded, that you enjoy, that help you to focus either on things that are helpful for you within medical conditions, or things that are so totally separate from that, for a little while, you're not even thinking about medical conditions. So that may be what you need at that moment, then you're going to align yourself with, you know, you probably have a, a lot of interests or groups or causes or that sort of arena of life that at any given time, one of them could be helpful. And it it's not even the same one. I love music, but I don't always want to listen to the same kind of music. A little bit of what works is really important. And I feel part of the world of music. I'm not playing in anything or singing in anything, but I feel connected to it. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about that connection. And often within any of those kinds of connections, we also are tagging into our community. And within that, you can see how, you know, Tire 3 helps Tire 4. And if we feel like we don't know the kind of people that we want to or we need to expand, our connection, or our community, that's an easy way to do it. And things that are important to you or give you grounding in life, that's also where you can find those resources that will help you on your checklist within control and ultimately give you some comfort that things uh, that you are worried about or you just know have to be attended to are getting done. All of that, when you put it together, is the way that you can build out your recipe. The good thing is that recipes, while they have some core ingredients, they can be adapted. And my word, if anybody knows about adapting recipes, it's the Mito community. When I got to be at your conference this past year, I realized that there was a wealth of information among you all about how to take Things that have been familiar and change them or create new things, and the whole recipe concept was just in the air and in action and in conversations. I was so impressed. This is what I'm hoping you can take as a concept for yourself to realize that these parts, these components, these ingredients, I should say, are not only. Another thing for you to do, another good idea, another self-help, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at, for just a little bit, the elements that are for you bring an enhanced comfort, the elements for you that help you to regain some sense of control or well-being, the people within your life and your orb, whether it's close, 4 a.m., or a little more distant 4 p.m. friends, to know that you're not in this by yourself. That whole concept of uh, self-isolation or feeling isolated, whether you're intentionally doing it or not, is one that will drain off your energy so quickly. Because even the people who are introverts find some base of support knowing that, for the most part, and I realize it's dangerous to make generalizations, but for the most part, we need to know that there's at least somebody in our corner. So don't assume if you're not a a massive extrovert that that concept of community is not for you. It's for all of us to some degree or some fashion or another. And then as that either leads right into or is somewhat separate from connections to all kinds of things in the world and in life, that whether they are in Two minute increments, hey, I'm going to listen to this piece of, of music. I'm going to step outside and I'll literally set my watch for two minutes. That's all I can be gone. That's all I can just, oh, you know, take off. Then that two minutes is important because that's connecting you to something else other than uh, or something in addition to your everyday existence. When we do all of these things and we follow the, the recipe and it changes. You're going to have flexible ingredients there. But when we put that concept into motion, then it's like we're taking a mini vacation from whatever is either winding us down or exploding all around us. You know, one of the things that was I thought was brilliant, although they're so often hard to access in hospital settings, is when they can have places, a courtyard uh, or balcony, whatever, where you can literally step out. You can feel uh, nature. You can look at a pretty tree or a planting of flowers, whatever it may be, and just get you out of the situation for a moment. So then you can go back in. In essence, that's the same type of fuel for your body, your psyche, your spirit that you need, whether it's in the literally step out the door for a minute or you can actually go for a walk or a bike ride, or you can do something that takes longer, that does really leave you with maybe your heart in a good way pumping, with feeling good about yourself or good about something that you have heard or done. And whether it's by yourself or within that community, you are helping to make your whole psyche and self and body be stronger as you move through the chronic and the
0: crisis aspects of dealing with mitochondrial conditions. So well said, Becky. Thank you so much. You tied that together beautifully. I took so many great nuggets out of there, including like the 4am versus the 4pm community. And I, I see that, I feel that concept so often. The idea of high pollutant thoughts that, you know, confidence can build energy and just doing little slivers can build that confidence to expand the look of your community. And, you know, that does factor in like the Mito Action community. So it's, you really hit on so many wonderful pieces. And I thank you so much for being part of our show. I don't know anyone out there who won't be able to take something from this episode. So thank you. Thank you for being here and for sharing your, your wisdom with us.
1: Oh, Marcy, thank you for inviting me. You have a magnificent community.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Becky. Hope to have you back on very soon on another topic. Thank you. It'll be my privilege. Thank you for joining us. I encourage you to browse other Energy and Action podcast episodes. I'm so inspired by the resilience of those in previous episodes, and I know you will be too.